So here we are doing this podcast finally, sort of been talking about uh, making it happen. I'm really glad to finally be here. Of course, you're someone I've gotten to know through Twitch really well. I love coming on your stream. I love your stream in general. So for like yeah. all the people out there who maybe don't know what the Harry Horror Show audiovisual experience is, please tell us a little bit about this, this well, module. For, the, for those of you who, who have bothered to watch this podcast right now, you'll see me unfolding a note card. Um, and on that note card, I'm going to give you the quick elevator, elevator pitch. Um, we are the first show on Twitch to really dive into telling true crime stories, discussing conspiracy theories, um, and, and really exploring the paranormal, esoteric, occult, weird. Right, like we, we've seen this explode in the podcast world, but but nobody's doing it live because it's honestly rather difficult to do live. And so that, that, that's that's kind of what I do is I you know uh, tell these stories, tell these uh, present these topics live, essentially on Twitch um, each and every night. <laughs> and I think the cool thing for me about it is it's simultaneously educational, entertaining, which is like my go-to. You know, when I'm listening to a podcast, I want I want like usually uh, edutainment, but. I remember yeah. I like kind of vaguely found your stream through the recommended section and I checked it out um, and I hung out for a little bit. And then, you know, you know how it is, especially if you're busy, yeah. you like pop in a stream and you're like, oh, cool. And then you pop out. And uh, and then and then we had a mutual friend, Feather Chakra, who's, I believe, one of your moderators. Oh, yeah. Feather. And then Bizarre is uh, like one of my admins. Bizarre is like yeah. my tech wizard. Well, and they found me through someone. I honestly don't know who. And then they kind of brought you into my channel on a raid, and then the rest is rock and roll history. And we've collaborated like a lot since then. Probably, I think I've collaborated with you more than anyone else by far. Yeah, I, and 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 it's gonna keep being a thing, by mm -hmm. the way, because I I love the way you lie. Absolutely. I mean, I just I enjoy, like you said, it, not only is it is it is it true crime, conspiracy, and the paranormal, but just everything kind of maybe strange or bizarre. I know, like this coming episode we're gonna do. Doesn't I mean maybe it kind of fits in the paranormal camp, but extra dimensional beings, right? It's, it's almost this whole like separate thing, and you can find it on yeah. Harry Horror Show. Well, and, and like, and that's I guess the thing is having done this for you know a while, like coming up on two years, I've I've kind of had to learn where it's like it it can't just be shoehorned. It mm -hmm. just has to be shit I want to talk about with like a general theme. And at the end of the day, if like there's just some murders all, I, that 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 are out there, people have asked to do, and and they aren't interesting to me. Whatever it is, it's too vanilla or too bizarre or too, you know, not that too bizarre is a, a criteria, but you get what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. if, if I don't have a personal interest in it, I'm just not going to talk about it. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't fit the bill, of course. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. So it does open up for some like weird or more esoteric stuff that really like when we're talking inter interdimensional creatures, you know, on, on, on our cast coming up, like doesn't really fit into anywhere. But no, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, I'm not sure which one of these it is, but <laughs> It's good. Well, I mean, it works. I could jam it. I could shoehorn it into any topic. It's not a big deal. Listen, that's that's the, that's what happens when you hire a professional is they can <laughs> shoehorn anything into anywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I brought, you know, we were talking about arranging this podcast and I brought a couple topics. The first one I wanted to dig into, and we almost started rolling on this right before the podcast went in. But I want to talk about this idea of deep twitch. I want to actually really want to do like a video series or something on it at some point. But yeah, so so I'm just going to give my brief little understanding of what deep twitch is and then I'll pass the baton and see kind of how you experience it. Because in many ways, you've been part of it much, much longer than I have. So for yeah. me, it started. I found this fella named Clone Corp who does, I would say, you know, a big part of what he does is day to day streams are this visual kind of EDM concert experience with like a lot of 
psychedelic visuals, uh, music, and then he also does an improv showcase. And I was like, oh, wow, this is performance art. You know, this is entertainment. Yeah. This is not something I had seen on Twitch before. And so through Clone, I found a lot of other people that were really going the extra mile to make, maybe it was a performance or maybe it was, it was a production regardless, more so than a lot of Twitch. And this isn't necessarily a dig, but a lot of Twitch is, it's entertaining, but not in a typical entertainment sense. And it's usually someone hanging out with chat and playing a video game, which is cool. But Deep Twitch, from my understanding, is this kind of independent underground movement that is focused on creating entertainment productions that are a lot more high effort on Twitch. And yeah, yeah so. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's, I guess that, that's what I've seen is that, all right, so, so there, there is a movement, but not in the sense of like, we're all together and like, let's produce you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff that's never been seen before. If I was to define anything with deep Twitch, right? I think I would always point my finger back in time to 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 what the uh, what was it called? Oh, it was back on uh, back in like the eighties. Public access television. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Public access television was an idea that was vastly ahead of its time, but also like perfect for its time because public access. Some of the problems that they had is they had no real way of monetizing it. Mm -hmm. Right. They had no way of, of of they had no way of uh, of securing consistent studio space, right? So public access is is defined. Um, and for those of you who don't know, public access was basically you could you could get time on like your local cable affiliate and broadcast essentially your own show. Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's what yeah. you're watching with Twitch now. And so the idea was beautiful. The payoff was nothing. Uh -huh. So you had people who would do it for a little bit or, you know, would do it sporadically. There was never, there was, there was a couple shows that really, um, really took off, but people just burnt out. And then cable itself, the big cable conglomerates just wiped them away. Right. The idea was beautiful. There was just no stable way to monetize it. And there was, there was no way to put it on consistently. Uh, so that there was no, there was no way to put it on like consistently where it was, um, not costing bandwidth, right? But mm -hmm. Twitch has solved a lot of those problems. So I think what, if I was to de define deep Twitch as anything, it's like literally all of these people coming to the same conclusion, whether they realize it or not, that there's a whole bunch of fucking open space to pitch your tent and do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> it's just like, there is. you see, literally, it's, it's a movement in the sense that we're all being driven by a current we don't really understand. None of us are <laughs> communicating, like none of us knew what the other one was doing. We all saw the same open space. We all hitched up our wagons and like we're meeting on the trails now. Yeah. Like a bunch of like, like it's like manifest destiny, but but for creatives. Oh, absolutely. It's so weird how it happens too, especially as the world start to connect more and more. Um, because like you said, everyone kind of started independently and then found each other on the path. And as more people find each other, they, you know, they yell back. Like if we're gonna use a wagon trail analogy, they're communicating to their friends back home. They're like, "Oh, out here in Oregon, you wouldn't believe the deep Twitch scene. You know, you wouldn't believe all these creators I found. You know, but that's 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 how it seems to me." Yeah, and it's like, well, I mean, think about it too. So, so you know, on the trail, right? Going back to a hackneyed metaphor, uh, going out, you're 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 in the middle of nowhere. You're with you're with like-minded people. Every one of these deep Twitchers is highly driven, right? Highly creative. You have to be. And, and, and has, you know, a, a, a business drive to them. Like, has a, has a reason that's beyond just like, well, it's, it's for fun. 
Because the thing with video gaming, Twitch, and with the just chatting segment, that, that's essentially vlogging, where you just sit in front of a camera and you take chats, questions, right? Uh, without without putting graphics on, without doing gags or memes or like other stuff, is is that <sighs> I lost my train of thought completely. Well, you should have to edit the this whole thing about it all. Well, no, no, it's totally fine. I mean, I I know for me, it seems like there that that's like almost a separate thing. That's like a hangout. You know, the vlogging kind of style, the a lot of times react content you see in just chatting and the video games is a very hangout energy. And then, of course, with video games, you have the esports crew and the people that just really are into a specific game, which is almost a separate thing that yeah. uh, that that lives on Twitch. But I wouldn't necessarily consider that. Well, I would consider it entertainment. I wouldn't consider it a performance, if that makes sense. And so that's the big yeah. delineation for me. And, and now, now I found where my point is. <laughs> now I found where my, where my point was like there's there's something at stake in mm -hmm. performance, right? So if you're if you're gaming, it started out as just a fun hobby for you, or you know if you were if you were just chatting, you used to enjoy you know bullshitting with your friends. For the performance folks, like there has been time putting graphics together. It's not just buying the lights, putting the camera, and going. There is like tangible equity in oh, yeah. the thing that you've created. And so I've noticed with the performance people that there really is like this, this the deep Twitch folks have like this a kind of nutso drive where it's like <laughs> where, where you're just you're just creating so frantically and with like such a passion, because not only do you have this energy to, to do it, but you also have so much of yourself invested into your into your your, your thing that you into your wagon or whatever. Right. Absolutely. Um, no, so I, it's, I think it's what separates the girls from the boys and in, in the sense of like the the non deep twitchers and you know, the, the, the deep twitchers, we're all sharing just chatting. Of course, but Which there is, is like a complete difference in product where it's just, you know, it's it's rather just turning on a camera and going like there's this whole ecosystem we've created just to to, to have a reason to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very strange, too, because it's still so it's still so independent. And one thing I noticed about a lot of the deep crew is that a lot of them tend to have communities that are like percentage, I don't know, percentage wise, extra, it feels like extra supportive. Like there's a really strong community, you know, a, a lot of, you know, you'll see, you'll see someone in the deep space that's not particularly large, but they do really well in terms of maybe subs or something like that. The community supports them zealously. And I, I love to see that. I, I actually really like this Oregon Trail metaphor. Like you said, you have this wagon, you know, this this yeah. kind of maniac energy you pour into your stream, frantically kind of wanting to consistently push the bar. It's honestly kind of exhausting, but also rewarding when it pays off. Yeah, I mean, you're, but you're, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think you speak a good, a good, you make a fantastic point, um, almost like you're running a podcast or something. I knew you have great points prepared <laughs> in your mind. Um, of 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 the communities, right? Because again, like a staple of performative art, if you just imagine that we're we're not on Twitch, we're plopped in front of an auditorium, right? People are there, and they're investing their time and something that represents a cohesive whole, for the most part, right? The best stuff on Twitch you can pop in and pop out of. That's just the nature of the platform. But one thing that's never never tolerated are like hecklers or anything like that. I found in these communities, people get, you know kicked out rather quickly so what you're left with is and, and that, that 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 doesn't mean that, that sound like, like we're all hostile idiots but there's just when you're performing there's no room for someone to be like you suck like 
like in in that space you get you you essentially weed off and 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 completely get rid of anyone who's not contributing to the whole Hmm. and what you're stuck with is this hyper concentrated community of of an incredibly invested supporting people with you like you 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 inadvertently surround yourself with like this this nest of absolutely fantastic people who are not just in it because of the personality but also because of the product that's been put forward and they recognize the time the effort and because it's performative there's no tolerance for bullshit like they we, we we'll have fun we'll kick back we'll go nuts but there's no tolerance for like people who are just you know for 14 year old minecraft youtubers like <laughs> It's just, it's just the best of the best community-wise, dude. I 100 agree. It's super lean, super lean and effective. It's, it's, it's a finely tuned killing machine. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is. I, uh, I've loved that about it. I, ever since I, even before I was doing anything performative with my streams, I, uh, I would be really harsh on anyone who came in talking shit. I famously would would scream at him sometimes you know one thing that's always bothered me which is maybe mundane but it bothers me maybe because of my punk ideology is sometimes a random cat will come in and just say something like hey do this thing and i'll just you know you don't tell me what to do you know like, <laughs> you yes. and I, I push back at him but uh yeah no you're right and i've, I've loved that about it i i almost see it as you know bruce campbell uh from evil dead of course Bubba Hotep, yeah. many, many a movie. Bruce Campbell has this hardcore devoted fan base, but he's not necessarily this giant Hollywood star. Yeah. But I honestly, I would rather be Bruce Campbell than uh, uh, who's a famous person. Uh, I'm bad at famous people. Maybe George Clooney's. I mean, he's famous, but I don't know. I feel like Bruce Campbell has more fun. Well, and I think you have a fantastic point because when you have these hyper-concentrated communities, the chat that you're getting they're people growing up along with you. So they're like, when they're asking how your day is, they asked yesterday. Mm-hmm. And like, when you told them about the setback, you know, they're, they're saying, Oh, how was that setback? You know, and, and you have a connection there. You go into larger communities or like, you know, just chatting communities or, or, or what have you. And it's just emotes and, 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 you know, just, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving a, maybe I've just had a poor time in other communities. I, I maybe I'm giving a bad to. representation. I sometimes but, feel bad. I feel like maybe I'm I'm biased, but ever since I found the the deep Twitch crew, especially the nephew network, I just have such an amazing experience in those streams. It's hard to go back to something that is. It, maybe it's for other people, but it's not for me. I know it's not for me. It's just so. Fuck, I'm gonna sound like a complete pretentious douchebag. It just it's just like so normified at this point. <laughs> Like you have, you well, just have is, like, cause Twitch is a big platform with a ton of people on it. And a lot of people are doing the same thing and I don't want to like down, you know, I don't want to be mean, but it gets kind of old. It gets kind of stale once you've seen it before. Yeah. And I don't think it's being mean. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what deep Twitch is, is it's supposed to be, you know, like cutting edge and <laughs> not stale. And so it takes a while to grow but you have this that you have this product where it's just like it represents you know real substantial effort to put towards something concrete rather than just you know i'm into streaming because there was the coronavirus and i ordered you know an elgato stream deck and i went with it Mm -hmm. i mean i I don't know that sounds so fucking denigrating 
Like, I don't, I even, get it, I don't even know if that's, that, that's, I, I didn't want to come across that way. No, but I it's understand. Like, I, well, it's also too, for me, I, the experience is I put so much energy into this that whenever I see someone kind of <clears throat> disregarding the medium, it, 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 it gets me a little bit upset, honestly. Yeah. Cause I believe I in that. it so much and I believe in the people, of this platform so much when someone is just doing Sometimes it feels like people are disrespecting the platform, and that's maybe me just reaching. But I, it makes me feel kind of off. Are you talking about like people like phoning it in on their streams, yeah, or you yeah. talking about like, yeah, yeah, phoning that, it that in. bugs me too. And I, I mean, that's you know, to be fair, I'm totally cool with people streaming for fun, anything like that. I don't know what it is. There's just certain attitudes where I just get, up, I don't know, it, it bums me out. It bums me out. It discourages so, so me a little bit. So I've tried to silence my own thoughts on that, and and, and I'm and I'm kind of I'm kind of done doing it because you know you, the the huge streamers of the world are never gonna come back come to bat for me. So why the fuck would I come to bat for anyone else? True. So like we're competing for, for eyeballs. independence. We're we're the DIY scene of Twitch. Yeah, and, and we're we're competing for eyeballs. So it's it's I think it's it's totally human to feel like people are watching this. Like, <laughs> but but you also have to understand like. Or at least I'm, I, this is me and my internal conversation is like, if they're not watching you, either they haven't discovered you, you can fix that, or they just aren't interested and you don't want them in your community anyway. True. Like, True. you know, we, we can all rag on, on a particular um, set of just chatting streamers that start with a, a letter A, but um, do you really want those people in your community? I don't. I know I don't. That's why I get like, offers to go on certain shows with people that are at, not my people on Twitch. And even though there's a potential for me to get a lot more traffic from it, I'm like, these this demographic is not not who I want in chat. They're gonna ruin the culture. You know, <laughs> it's it's so funny because I I guess it's yeah I absolutely know what you're saying because of what we do. Nobody fucking invites me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told someone the other day, I think I was like, I think I'm especially after I did my whole uh, 12 hour solidarity stream, which I 100% stand by, you know, it's me saying fucking a cab, you know, uh, anarchy shit nonstop. And I've never been silent about that. Uh, I just yeah. realized after that stream, I was, you know, said to myself, well, there's a lot of brands who are never going to work with me because of that. I'm okay with that. You know, if you if you don't like me at my radical extremist self, what are you going to do? There's certain people out there that dig that. So <laughs> Being you on camera is fucking exhausting. <laughs> pretending to be to, having to, to pretend to be someone else because of sponsors on yeah. camera is got to be even worse. You're right. <laughs> like, you're right. I, I could never do it. I could never do it. I have no desire to do it either. Because if you want, if you want to see me off camera, this is <laughs> same here. Uh, sometimes I get energized, but since I pour so much into Twitch, yeah, I'm totally just done. You know, completely so history. I feel like. I have to intentionally like square my back into my hips, like come forward and like make sure I like prepare all this stuff so I can be energized and like amped and ready to fucking go. I couldn't imagine having to fucking pretend to be somebody else and do all that. I'm just going to be me, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you got to be you. Yeah, Like it's, it's just the nature of the beast. Right. It's, you know, I had to hype myself up before streams. I'll do living room karate and I'll just be going around and be like, Aah! you know, and, and screaming at my wall and, and shit. <laughs> 
and Hell slamming yeah. my chest. For me, that's what I need. And I also a lot of times listen to, uh, you know, pump up music to get myself in the right space. That way when I enter stream, I'm just like, Wah! you know, but that's, that's me as well. I'm trying to be this ridiculous over the top character. Well, not trying to be, that's me. That's me in my, in my most galvanized form. And then like me day to day when I'm drained is very, <laughs> very uh, relaxed for the most part. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that's also, yeah. to be fair, though, I was always kind of this wild character. I just never had an outlet to pour it into. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, I, I, I absolutely can understand that because it's like, this does give, give an outlet. And, and mm -hmm. you know, for, for once in a while bursts, you can go nuts completely, but to consistently pour into an outlet is, you know, draining in, in a sense. Oh yeah. Um, you're gonna you're gonna laugh at me. I'm over here fucking calling other people normies. My my pump up routine is to listen to Childish Gambino beforehand. I like Gambino. and then and then there. Remember Superman? Um, the one with with um the gritty reboot they did of Superman. Was that Man of Steel? Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen with, it, but with, I know what you're talking about. With with Zod, they have a, an incredible fucking trailer. Okay. I will play the oh, audio from that wow. fucking trailer, and it's got like that. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, fair. <laughs> honestly, though, I, I fucking hated that movie, but that trailer, <laughs> dude, it's got gas in it, dude. It's got some gas in the tank. I believe so, it. Like that's the pump up routine. That's like that's the, that's like the the ten minutes beforehand. That's how you get you get gassed, guy. My big musics for 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 pump up, I think, are Wu Tang Clan and then uh, Black Flag, who's always been big for me. Black Flag, you, were, you just reminded me of it earlier, kind of talking about, you know, initially I was also kind of silent on the disdain I had for some of the high profile streaming scene. And then I, you know, sort of remembered along many lines what, what, when this member of Black Flag said. One second. I think my mic is doing a thing. It's not, but. Oh, okay. Okay. It's just Discord. Okay, cool. We're good. <laughs> This member of Black Flag, I want to say it was Greg Jinn. You know, they, they started in the 80s. One of the big bands at the time was, of course, Genesis. And sure. just famously, you know, they're asking him about, oh, are there any uh, bands you like that aren't punk? And shit like that. And he's like, yeah, there's some stuff. But honestly, like, fuck Genesis. They're garbage. They're overproduced. <laughs> complete crap. And I was wow. <laughs> just knowing that uh, that that's that's sort of an energy out there. It's okay to be like fuck that, you know, fuck that. You know, I just don't I don't I don't like it at all. Creatively, I don't like it. It stands against the things I believe in. So yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Well, Black Flag is attitude that's always been part of their whole thing. Well, I mean that and that's that that's your whole brand guy. It's yeah. like just a badass attitude and I fucking love it. That's why it's why I we stand Major Grunge on this podcast. It's almost like it's his podcast. We stand them here. Oh, I'm, right. I'm really glad. Ever since I started actually doing interviews in the podcast, it's been way easier to produce episodes. Plus, I realized how long of a list I have of people I want to talk to. It's actually amazing. Yeah. Exciting journey. Yeah. Well, just so many people. I, I love human beings. That's kind of the biggest motivator to me. I love having real conversations with people. And through Twitch, even before Twitch, I knew some pretty cool folks. But through Twitch, I met even more. And I just was... I was starting to write down names the other day, and I was like, "Whoa! Like, there's so many people I can't wait to, you know, have on this show." And and that, like, I absolutely agree. Like, I mean, with the way we do it, is you know, on our show, is we'll do like the multi-parters that are true crime, right? Yeah. And yeah. now the now these guest weeks, um, or I guess they used to be just in between weeks. I've been making them guest weeks, and I've been fucking having the time of my life, just having like anyone I can find, anyone who wants to come on on the show has been incredible because you're right the fucking conversations you have are awesome 
Like they're, so they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll take you, will be talking on topic and then you'll get off topic and you're exploring stuff that you would have never thought about perspectives, fantastic and engaging. I mean, at the end of the day, like the human tapestry of experience is, is a quilt that stretches beyond the horizon. Like there's, there's, there's just simply no ever reaching the end of the human experience. And, and, and I think that's a big part of Twitch that has potential, but it gets just like squashed on. Yeah, is this, this ability to explore kind of the rich fabric of like this slice of, of Americana and this slice of just world perspective right fucking now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I've been loving it, too, because lately a lot more people have been coming to Twitch, of course. A big part of that is due to COVID. I mean, they've price hiked all the classic streamer apparel like uh, Logitech T920s are like three hundred dollars now. And, uh, no shit. Yeah, Go XLRs are, are are two thousand on Amazon. I think it's insane. Dude, they're dude, price hiking like the shit. C- I have I have two C nine twenties and a Brio just sitting here, dude. You can uh, be flipping those bad boys. You used? could. Yeah, you could. You could. You could. Honestly, there, well, there's an insane demand. I guess I don't. I think part of that, some of the with the webcams, is people want it for Zoom meetings. But a big part of it is also people coming to wow. streaming. But since there's been a ton of people coming to stream, there's also been a lot of. People that wouldn't have watched Twitch before, but are watching it now and discovering parts of Twitch they didn't know existed. A lot of people will come by my stream, for example, and they'll they'll be like, "Oh, I'm you know super new to Twitch. I thought yeah. it was just video games, and here I find this, and this is neat. I didn't realize people were doing this sort of thing on Twitch, and I love that. I love that. And of course, I still play video games time to time, but usually when I do them, it's it's sort of uh, uh, memes. I like to inject improv into them. And I, I yeah. enjoy a game every now and then, but the more I get into what I do normally, the, the banter, the philosophy and the improv, the less and less I find myself wanting to play games, which is in some ways kind of heartbreaking because I'm, I, I don't know. It's, it's beautiful. It's not, but it, it's, I, I'm, I'm happy with the growth. Yeah. I was about to say, don't, don't view it as you're losing something because at the end of the day, like this is my controversial hot take. I've, I've wrestled with video game addiction. I've wrestled with like, using my time correctly for a very long time i have never felt more empowered in my life never felt more um uh, strong in my sense of self-worth than when i just tossed them away and just created and gave myself a schedule and stuck with it i've, I've been dabbling in dame, games here, here here and dabbling in dames you see uh <laughs> but da- dabbling in games like here I've, I've been playing a little bit dead by daylight you know trying it out this past week but like I've I've I had this FOMO, right? And, and I think modern video games kind of put it into you where they're like, oh, you're gonna miss the skin, you're gonna miss this event. Fuck it, dude. Just yeah, fuck, fuck it. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's design it, it is a product specifically designed to attract you. Mm-hmm. And like I'm gonna make a really hot fucking take. Oh, get it. Yeah. But when I when when you when you sit down, you put two or three hours into a video game and you, and you sit up. There's like nothing left there. You, that, that, that time is gone. Yeah. And there's like nothing. You, you, you haven't moved your position further. You haven't moved your state further. You haven't benefited yourself. You have filled the time. That's true. And like, I'm still struggling with that quite a bit. This idea of, of, of TV, of, of movies, um, of video games being inherent time wasters and mm-hmm. trying to justify wasting time to restore your, your, your soul and restore like your, your mind versus wasting time. And it's just an unforgivable thing. Like I'm still wrestling with what I believe, but 
you know, there is a big FOMO that has to be that you have to overcome because they want to keep you tethered there. They do for as long as possible. And there's mechanisms to do, like you said, the events, the skins. I no, I'm like, fortunate in that I, I've been able to mentally separate myself from all of that. Like I I even even for a long time, the video game I play, people are always. You know, asking me, oh, are you gonna play this new game? I've always been a person. I just play one game a lot. Usually, it's like an MMO, Destiny. Right now, Red yep. Dead Online. I just play that a lot, and I don't spend like any money on it outside of the initial purchase. And I play it for four or five months, and me, everything's releasing, E3s are happening, and I never watch any of it because I'm in my little gamer cave, and I'm perfectly content with what I have right now. And I'm glad because otherwise, I would waste. I, well, to me, it would be a waste. But you know, to other people yeah. that really love it, maybe not a waste. But to me. A ton of money that I, I don't have to spend on a bunch of games and, 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 and microtransactions and stuff. Yeah. I mean, dude, I just, I, 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 the, the, I guess the more I, I try, I've tried to like really clockwork my whole life. Yeah. Where it's just I know, make I actually every, really admire make, that about you. you. You're really like <clears throat> on it. Well, I mean, every hour is, is accountable. Like, there's, like, I've kind of moved to this spot where it's just like, <sighs> If I'm not keeping track of the time, who the fuck is? If yeah. I'm not holding myself accountable for, for the hours I spend, like, who the fuck is? And so, you know, there, there is this whole kind of sense where it's like, <sighs> I, I'm having to build in vents for myself. Like, this is going to be my reading time so I can de-stress. Right. This is going to be my, you know, and I'm trying to see if there's like a spot for video games there. But I just, I personally have benefited tremendously from it. I feel like I've I've grown more as a person in the past two years and having to learn to organize my time and, and cut out the fucking the fat from my life than I have like in, in 28 years of living. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I believe that, honestly. Well, because for me, one thing I learned recent, well, somewhat recent in my life, uh, about two years ago, I was diagnosed with ADD for the first time, which is also the first time I ever went to a psychiatrist. I knew I was depressed. I always knew I was depressed, but I didn't want to go to a psychiatrist for whatever reason. And I didn't know that I had ADD. And it made a lot more sense when I realized I did. And well, then I learned from going to an actually good psychiatrist. The psychiatrist I went to in Jacksonville was garbage. He was the cheapest one I could find. He he didn't he didn't even really talk to me at all. He just write a prescription. And I was in and out in like three minutes, which was crap. I hated it, but I did you know, I couldn't afford it anything. So yeah. uh, but I finally got a good psychiatrist here in Nashville. And they're amazing. And they give me this whole test. They're talking to me and I realize, in fact, that I have ADHD, which is slightly different than ADD. And I get an actually good prescription this time around. I used to have Adderall, which is horrendous and terrible and makes me feel like a monster. Uh, but the new prescription I got is way more mellow and consistent. And so I'm on, you know, now this new round of antidepressants and uh, ADHD meds that are, I feel like a totally new person. Like I can actually focus and do stuff again. It was always, even though I've, I've done a lot, I feel pretty proud of what I've accomplished in a year on Twitch. Virtually that whole year I was swimming upstream because I was just yeah. fighting all this you know, attention disorder and depression was just brutal. So it was really hard for me to maintain, for example, multiple streams of content felt impossible. But yeah. now I can finally focus again and I've been feeling just so efficient and powerful lately. But I, one thing I learned, and I've been sort of digging into this tunnel of self-awareness with ADHD I learned that video games are often one of the few things that individuals with, with serious ADHD can focus on. And so yep. I've always found this shelter and refuge in video games. And I remember even having the thought when I first started streaming on Twitch, my plan was, of course, to, to play video games, hang out with chat, of course, classic Twitch, you know? 
And yeah. my thought behind it was I can't do anything properly in my life. I can't focus on anything. I can't commit to a task for an extended period of time except video games. So I'm going to make this work, I guess. That was my yeah. thought process because I always wanted to start a business. And, and I just kept having this thought is I can do the video games. That's the only thing I can really do consistently. Can I turn this into a business? And, yeah. but now come to learn that it makes a lot of sense realizing with, within the scope of ADHD, of course, this is why video games work for me. It's constant stimulation, constant rewards. Uh, and I'm actually interested in it anyways. So, you, so you've I've got me thinking about myself now. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> cause I've always wrestled with it my entire life and I, I, I can't help but wonder, right? Are you, what are you, what are you riding? Concerta? Something like that? Vivance is nice. the one they got for me. Okay. And it's really nice compared Adderall is horrendous, terrifying. It's like smoking methamphetamine. Uh, it, 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 I haven't heard a single good thing about it. It's terrible. Period. It's terrible. I mean, it works as far as the attention goes, but it's really intense. And then whenever it wears off, you turn into this angry, bitter, like dark creature oh. and you lash out at everyone and everything and you feel miserable and terrible. And it feels like the world is closing in around. So, yeah, you know, you get it. I was like, I don't want to take this ever. <laughs> yeah. And I told my psychiatrist that. And she, she told me, she's like, you don't have to do Adderall. You could try this Vivant. She's, she tells me it's way, it's way more uh, laid back and mellow and consistent. And I was, I was like, really? Wow. Go to come to figure it is. It's almost feels like not much has changed. I'm just suddenly able to focus. Damn. You got me thinking, guy. I mean, maybe it's worth, thinking. it's worth perhaps get inquiring about. You never know. Right. But. It has been a yeah. real game changer for me. Like organizing the charity stream, getting this podcast rolling, wasn't able to do any of that before I had my medications lined up correctly. Hmm. Hell yeah, dude. I kind of like the idea of, of, of medications because yeah. it, it does kind of feel like, um, what, what, it, min maxing, like min maxing yes. you as like a player character, dude. Speaking of video games, <laughs> speaking of all of it, like meshed together. Like it feels like you're min-maxing, and it's kind it of does. exciting to take ownership of of not only your behavior but your own chemistry. Like I, I think that's that's we're we're always taught. Like I think of this this anti-drug dare education stuff. Yeah, we have this this philosophy of like the body as temple and and temple as sacred ground. You you walk into a cathedral and you don't touch anything. You're quiet. You're reserved, right? And and, and you're trying to leave any mud on the floor. I think that's very exciting idea. To take to take the idea of, of, of a temple and of a place of worship, your body is a temple, body is a place of worship, and and to change it into kind of a shamanistic like it is what you create, it is it, it is yours to mold at your own hand, and I I, I yes. think that's I think that's rather exciting. Absolutely, um, I, I love mean, the min-maxing to... analogy because that's exactly how I think about it because I love MMOs, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that you said that. I'm just like still chills. Sorry, you got like you got like max charisma in my opinion. In the... <laughs> And max dexterity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look very limber. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I I, uh, I was a rock climber. I got good with my fingers and all that. But honestly, Whoa. I mean, the the you're right. There's this there's this real apprehension to medication for a lot of reasons. Like you said, the dare factors in. There's also there's all these like horror stories about various psychological meds, especially that. While they can happen, the way I always explain it is those are the vast, vast, overwhelming minority of cases. And having gone to therapy and group therapy many times, I know so many people that can't function without their medication. So you have this occasional anomalous instance of someone having a really bad experience with medication. But you also have hundreds of people 
that can't get through the day without it. <laughs> and, well, and, and, and you know, I think you you make a fantastic point. Like, of, of especially of people not being able to get get live a day without it or, or do their day without it. You do, I think, kind of have to surrender a degree of control, you right? Do. Like, and, and I and I think that's that's engaging. I think that's that's very interesting because um, you're surrendering control to an external force, but you're doing it for you. Yeah. So you're surrendering control to yourself to an external force to benefit yourself. I get that. I get that. Well, I would argue as a postmodern <laughs> philosophy junkie that we're always surrendering control in everyday lives. Our autonomy is stripped from us by the machinations of society. And that since oh, far yeah. before we were born, society has been growing and breeding in a way that maintains the state's authority. Here comes the anarchist part and compounds the idea that we must be subservient creatures and locks in these simulations of reality, things that we think we have to obey, things that we think we have to do, but we only think that because it's been quote-unquote true for so long in popular dialogue. Yeah. So like, what's the difference is what I would say. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and I guess, like, you and I will, I don't think you, got, you and I will, will like, ever see eye-to-eye on, 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 on the, some things in the sense that, like, I'm a, I'm a biological determinist where it's mm -hmm. like humans will always get together they will always surrender control. You, you literally, if you wiped out fucking Earth, dude, mm -hmm. and Elon Musk has got us in his giant red rocket to Mars, <laughs> and, and there's no control structure, there's nothing, what are those colonists going to do? A galactic Emperor Elon, I feel like. I always call him that. But even if Elon's dead, like, what That's if it's true, just like right. a thousand fucking idiots no, you're right. on I, a vessel, I, and they're cruising around, they're going to get together, they're going to nominate a leader, they're going to appoint City Watch, like... There are some things about us mm -hmm. that are just inevitable. I agree. You're always going to find us near water. You're always going to find us, you know, uh, trying to lock down food sources. You're always going to find us looking for ways to protect ourselves. Like people are always going to going to to civilize. That's just that's at our destiny. I feel like, and so as much as like, I feel fuck the system. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I just got done working for eight hours as a glorified secretary, you know, bothering New Jerseyans. I also have to recognize that it's like, you know, <laughs> if it wasn't this system, it'd just be something else, dude. Well, yeah. It drives me fucking nuts. I don't actually disagree with that. I think, for, for, for my perspective, anarchy, it's not a question of abolishing all systems of power. Uh, it's a question of developing them in such a different way. That, that, yeah. like, the thing for me, the problem I take is not that people come together and form these systems of authority, but that people come together and form systems of authority that are exploitive and that we've been That's trained true. and programmed to kind of bow down to these exploitive systems and believe that the exploitive method is the only way. But I think we could restructure it potentially and have it be a lot more egalitarian and beneficial. That's my take. God, wouldn't that be the fucking dream, though, dude? And you're yeah. absolutely right. And I, and I almost wonder... Because there's, there's, there's an African saying where if one man starves, you know, we're all ashamed, right? And so you, you do kind of have to wonder, you know, what would come beyond? Like, what, what would come if we were able to topple the, this, this rule by the 1%? And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's arguably we're living in the same system, you know, you could say, oh, Rome fell, what have you. We're still living in the same system, I feel like. None of it's really changed. Um, if, if anything, from middle medieval ages onward, 
right? People, certain people are presented with certain opportunities that allow them to retain a strategic advantage, min-maxing, uh, a min-max advantage that allows them to roll it forward for all the time. So maybe we, you know, rather than seeing it as we've tried this so many times and every time we come back to, you know, to authoritative, exploitative systems, maybe we've only had one ever-evolving amoeba-like structure that's always developing and evolving as mankind develops and evolves. It's the same one. We're still, you know, we're still the mitochondria inside a giant, you know, germ. The germ around us is not some new germ every time. It's the same fucking germ um, that's cascaded forward um, in new and unpredictable ways. I so agree. maybe maybe we could find a way, and we've we've never had the chance because we've always lived under the same one system forever. That's very true. Wait, I, hold that. I have something to respond, but I'm gonna grab a caffeine beverage. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a bar of this delicious Nature's Valley Power Bar. Speaking of exploitative <laughs> systems, uh, Nature's Valley, proud sponsor of the channel, uh, proud sponsor of the show. Feeling down? Get in the valley. Don't ever get out. Serve the lords of the valley. Sacrifice your children at the valley altars. Only then will you be blessed with no fructose corn syrup, certified uh, synthetic colors, peanut what do you think dark about chocolate, fructose? and almond. Do you think that stuff's actually bad for you? Do you think it's more or less just sugar? I don't even fucking know what fructose is. Me neither. I, mean, I, I always wonder. I'm a true if, crime streamer. I don't got time for science. <laughs> well, it's, it's, nutritional science has been so. And this will actually feed into what we're talking about. Nutritional science. I've learned about this grand conspiracy by the sugar industry to paint fat as this evil thing that was horrible for people. When in reality, m m like fats, human beings surviving off of fats is it's one of the best, most efficient energy burning sources. Whereas sugar creating glucose, that's a bad cycle to get in. And so there yeah. was this huge disinformation campaign, a propaganda campaign by the sugar industry. I can't remember when. It was in the 20th century to convince the public that fat was what they needed to worry about. That's why you see all the things where it's like zero fat. But yeah. it was to take this attention off of sugar. So now I'm really skeptical of a ton of nutritional science because I learned about all these scientific biases, especially because I dug into postmodernism, which just reevaluates like ways of knowing things we take to be true. Well, I, you know, a lot of agricultural science, nutritional science, I feel like you can't, you just simply can't trust. It can't, it can't ever come from a non-biased perspective. No, it's um, almost always done by the corporation that has vested interest in promoting their product. Yeah. And so like, I, I think there are some tenets where it's, you know, calories in versus calories out. That seems square, simple enough, but you know, I don't know, man, there's some mysteries to the goddamn universe. If, if you, if you take vitamins and fiber, do you ever have to eat vegetables ever? I get into arguments about that all the time at the, at the fucking house because I hate vegetables, right? Oh. But like, there's just so much shit I don't understand. I feel like there's so much shit that's misunderstood. Stuff that's like, eh, if this, then that. No one will commit to anything because it has to do with the human body and they don't want to get sued. Like, <laughs> it's a shit show. It's it a is. goddamn shit show. It I is. just want to eat tater tots and chicken nuggets all day, all right? <laughs> Leave me alone. Well, see, I, I'm, I'm really bad at eating. I, I have to force myself to eat anything, but I've been getting better about that. I, uh, I had a long time... And this is not like a sob story. It's just back when I was in college, I was really broke for a while. And I was too yeah. prideful to use my parents' money at the time. And I, which was probably quite stupid. And I was, I was in this broke position where all my bills had to be paid. And I didn't really have enough money for food. So I would eat once every three days. And it was horrible. Whoa. It was excruciating. It was painful. I was literally starving. You know, quite literally, scientifically. 
I would occasionally just pass out. It was awful. Jesus. It was terrible. But ever since then, I know I can get away with less eating. So if I'm really in the zone work-wise, I'll just neglect meals. And sometimes it'll be a whole day disappears. And then I wake up the next day and I'm like, wow, my stomach's, you know, I'm really hungry. And then I'm trying to remember, when did I last eat? And I'll be like, oh, no, I completely forgot yesterday. Dude, I'm such a conditioned lard ass that, like, <laughs> I go two or three hours without, like, real food. And they're like, no, 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 no. You ate a power bar. That doesn't count. I don't think so, guy. You go find it. Like, my body is such a bitch, dude. It's just over here, like, no, I don't think so. Ah. Like, so I, I have to, like, drink coffee to stave off my, 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 um, appetite urges. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's but a I get trick. to, I get that's to a fucking trick. lightheaded, dude. Yeah. It's me too. Lightheaded. I hate it. It's frustrating. It's, ang it's, it's, it's enraging. I had an experience last week where I was really in the work zone and I woke up in the morning. I had my morning cigarette and I was drinking a little bit of coffee. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm trying to eat. I have food in front of me, but I am just overcome with, a sudden lightheadedness and weakness and I just have to lay down uh, and go to sleep. And I hate that so much about starvation and hunger is it'll just, it, sometimes you can't even eat. Sometimes you don't even have the strength to eat and that's not fair. See, I, I've, I have no idea where you're even, cause like literally <laughs> I'll go take two hours and it's like, I feel the rains down in Africa. <laughs> like I go into full like UNICEF, um, you know, there, there's like a, a little announcer being like, what will you do to feed this starving Harry? <laughs> Donate now. Like it gets into like a full relief drive. If I haven't eaten like two hours, it's terrible. It's amazing. You, like how, how the body can be conditioned to various things. So I think like ancient humans didn't eat very frequently either. I don't I can know. Imagine not the ancient humans must've been fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> Cause if the strongest survived and we got some dumb people out there. Yeah. So like, <laughs> well, I can imagine not finding food is a, is a pretty common thing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But well, and I, I, I OK, so the, the whole reason I brought up this nutritional science bit, right, is this idea of ways of knowing of of things being perceived as true that aren't because they've been twisted yeah. at some point in their dialogue. And there's this amazing French philosopher, probably the person that introduced me to postmodernism. His name is uh, Michel Foucault. And he's a post-structuralist, literally. But his whole thing is evaluating the structures of our society and the structures of knowledge and understanding yeah. how they passively control us. And he digs into, you know, he goes deep. He goes way back in human history. But it's really interesting, the things he uncovers. And whether or not you agree with it, you start to realize by reading Foucault that... There's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't see, that we wouldn't even expect to see. Foucault has this famous essay where he breaks down architecture of schools, uh, prisons, hospitals, military barracks to point out how even the architecture of these places is designed for control and surveillance. And just yeah. highlighting these, these, these parts of our lives that we don't even understand are manipulating us. I mean, it's, that goes to um, like federal buildings, right? They'll uh -huh. have... You know, all of those barricades will have large concrete planters, yep. all specifically to keep people from driving too close to the building, driving too fast into the building, population control, people coming streaming into the building. It, it, like, you're absolutely right. A lot of modern architecture is very subversive. Um, and it, it is very much authoritarian uh, in its nature, even to the amount of like windows facing out to the street at ah. certain levels where you can witness crimes. Like, it's bizarre. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely yeah. Absolutely bizarre. It is bizarre. And then another thing, when you start digging into this whole world of, 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 like you said, this authoritarian architecture, these 
massive government building monoliths that are just these gray, <laughs> towering, you know, 1984 looking buildings. I, I always look at them and I'm just, I'm just, you know, blown away. I'm like, this seems so imposing. And I, they got to know that. They do. I mean, I, I did an internship with the U.S. government uh, way back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yes. wow. What, what, the big one, in, the, the big tower in Jacksonville, out by Fleming Plaza. Yeah. Okay. I was I I was in a, in a suit and tie, uh, going up and down with U.S. probation, dude. What a <sighs> fucking job! Nobody talks about U.S. probation, but if you're being if you're on probation, you're having to be. I was on probation. The US with the federal government. Uh no no. Oh, I was about to say, <laughs> no. guy, because there's there's only there's only two grades that ever get there: drug runners, and 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 sex offenders, like child uh... pornographers. Yeah, and that job turned me off ever working in the criminal justice field professionally, ever. Wow. Because like as an intern, like I had to sort through like do home visits with child pornographers, do like data sweeps on that that sort of thing. Go to their hearings, go to their sentencings. Um, it was fascinating, but it, it, it I mean I, I guess true crime back, true crime. That's why I like talking. I. I if you're talking about an academic sense, you can stop or or or, or go or dig deep or, or or stay shallow, at whatever depth you want. Mm-hmm. When you're working in it, you have to see everything. And yeah. and and like as much as I hate the federales, the work that those guys at U.S. Probation are doing is like it's vital. That's because fair. these 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 guys are because I mean they they step in because child pornography inherently with due to the the nature of the internet scoots across state lines the moment it's fucking sent. Mm-hmm. So they are essentially this this vanguard or like these these babysitters that watch out this whole platoon of 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 just awful people yeah. <laughs> living amongst us that have to be monitored and who are who are going to offend again and find a way to offend again. It's just inevitable. It's just it's, it's I guess the point I was trying to make originally was that like I've been inside one of those buildings and they're just as confusing to be in as they are to look on the outside. <laughs> like oh. there's there's like whole courthouses up there, but they're tucked behind hallways and doorways with no labels. It's very <laughs> yeah. Kafkaesque, very Kafkaesque. Uh, every time I've, I, whenever I went to court, uh, it was I found it to be very confusing and 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 blatant. I remember once I was doing so, like leadership classes. I, I was a, in the Boy Scouts, and I taught a leadership yeah. Oh, yeah. course. And we had our briefings for the leadership course in some government building. And at one point, me and my buddy just sort of wandered off in the group and took the elevator to a random floor and just like walked around the offices. And it was like a yeah. labyrinth. And I just ever, I don't know, found that intriguing. I think it is. I don't know if it's intentional or not. I imagine it is to confuse an escapee. Mm-hmm. But have you ever been to a, to a probation or to a sentencing? A s- sentencing. Uh, I've only been like a, like, the courts I've been to haven't been like the law and order courts. It was the court that like. Where there's a ton of people sitting, awaiting, you know, that you walk up from the judge and you plead guilty or not guilty, and then if you oh, plead yeah, guilty, you should be like, blah, blah, blah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was a misdemeanor, so. Dude, felony sentencings are fucking nuts. I like, because if they're already guilty, uh-huh. and all the details are out there, and they're they're probably the best way to digest that stuff. Because sometimes, a lot of times, they're open to the public. Oh, just nobody fucking are. bothers to show up. And they have they have like a little thing at the beginning where it's like a little a little dossier of what happened during the whole fucking trial. So they give you a summary and everything, and then you get to see that nice edge where like, okay, are they going away for life? Are they getting the death penalty? It's it's fucking incredible. That's some high drama. 
I mean, wow. granted, it's, it's it's very macabre, uh, gladiator style high drama where it's like watch a man lose his entire life. But some of these guys are absolute monsters. Yeah, like yeah. some some of the shit I saw in those case files is absolutely despicable. I believe it. And I'll I will, I'll fucking never forget it. I I'll believe never it. forget it. Well, and especially in the nature of what you cover on the Harry Horror Show, you talk about some of the most famously monstrous people in the history of mankind. It's true. Know? It's true. As well it's, uh, as uh, as well as like corner case, I like. I think it's interesting because you'll have someone like Jeffrey Dahmer, who's just like, yeah. you know, and then just just for me at least, Jeffrey Dahmer is just absolutely you know uh, revolting and horrendous. Uh, and then and then there's, well, for me, you know, Ted Kaczynski, who's more of a corner case, or I don't approve his actions, but I also don't think he was evil per se. Yeah, and I think obviously I think that's a controversial take, but I, you know, there, so it's it's just the the scale or the 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 spectrum of true crime is intriguing. Well, it it absolutely is. I mean, we just got done talking about um, that grand, granny serial killer, and and she was motivated entirely by greed. Mm-hmm. So it's very it's like this very infantile, easy to break down motivation where Jeffrey Dahmer is is remarkably complex in his motivation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, where he's he doesn't want to kill. He doesn't want to. Like, he doesn't want to to actually enjoy the act of, of stabbing and dismembering. He just wants the possession, the body as possession, which is why he dabbles in like the human zombie shit and stuff, because mm-hmm. it's, it's for him. It's the it's a very romanticized. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. You'll always be here for me because you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And like he was just fighting biology. Like his his whole thing is just this this incredible one man's fight against the whole process of decay. Wow. <laughs> like it's in, like everything stems from him literally like trying to figure out how to make these bodies stop rotting. He's got wow. shit freezers. He's consuming them. He's finding ways to justify consuming them. He's yeah. putting you know holes in people's heads trying to get them from you know to keep them like in a coma state. Everything he does is specifically catered towards like combating decay wow which is kind of insane i actually didn't fully uh know that i haven't i haven't dug insanely deep on him so that's actually interesting you mentioned this human zombie thing i was i had looked up this um a long time ago there's this series of black metal murders and the uh swedish black metal scene and one of the famous figures is dead who actually well supposedly committed suicide but there's a little bit of potential controversy around that but there is Another member of Dead's, you know, friend group that uh, that was murdered, but was also a murderer himself. There was this whole murder club and the scene, and I dug into it a while ago. But I've heard about it. I haven't dug into it yet. It's very interesting. Actually, maybe one day we could do a whole uh, a whole episode on it. It's actually very complex, but it's one you don't hear about very often because it all happened in uh, Sweden. But we, we would, we would, I know which one you're talking about. We would easily do a series. Oh, yeah, it, would, it definitely would be more it's than complex. One. Oh, yeah, it's complex. And it all happened out of this, like, kind of the base for a lot of this is 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 out of this record store. I can't remember what it was called, but it was the but they Swedish hung out word in the for basement. Hell. It was like, yes, the, yes, with Euronymous. Exactly and uh, yeah, actually, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, dead, this guy uh, was was obsessed with the idea of death, but he also is is often speculated to there's a name for it i've been looking for it but i can't can't figure it out that he had a specific disorder that in which a person believes that their body is rotting like they're actually dead and that they're rotting and so he would cover himself in dead birds um he would wear shirts with funeral announcements for himself and he would he would dig up he would rob graves to dig up rotting clothes from cadavers 
Um, Ooh, I like that. And he that's was one of the cool. first people to ever wear the corpse paint that's like famous in black metal now. So he was, he legitimately, and, and of course would wound himself all the time, like rub broken glass on his body. He was, you know, this really uh, <laughs> definitely troubled, but he really honestly believed that he was dying and rotting and decaying. And he created yeah. this whole persona to support that. And which it, it's, it's, it's iconic to the point where no normal person could have created yeah. that look. It yeah. just comes from a place of brokenness. Yeah. And I think that's super fascinating, but like, like high art like that is sometimes it's not like some symbolic thing. It's just one fucking guy's struggle yeah. and it creates this iconic, like unrepeatable, always looked after art form. It's like Gigi oh, Allen in the punk rock scene. A lot of people will, <laughs> a lot of people will try and analyze Gigi Allen. I don't know how familiar you are with him, but he was violently, uh, you know, would uh, definitely harm himself on stage. Extremely violent. Would uh, shove microphones up his ass. You know, fling shit at the crowd. <laughs> he was hell yeah. He was like fully uh, off the rails in that sense. And a lot of people will be like, "Oh, it was a." It was a commentary on capitalist society, and I'm like, ah, maybe, but it could have just as easily been him being batshit, you know. But that's that's the art form. Yeah, that's that's you know, is I think I think a lot of times with art, and this is kind of goes back to deep twitch. It takes somebody pushing the fucking door open. It does, yeah. Before you realize what the fuck's going on, and and, and opening a door itself, you can you can kind of open it, or you can just slam that fucker open, yeah. right? Yeah. The end result's the same. People are exposed to a, a, a brand new room, a brand new space to 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 create in, and so when these people go with and they and they, they they devastate their way through a room and they create an opening, right? Like a, like a, like a tree falling in the forest, you know, it, it's a violent, chaotic act, you know, destroying an entire ecosystem, and it falls to the ground and, and it could squish something or you know what have you, but it creates an opening, a brand new place to create in. So like Gigi Allen, right? And 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 Euronymous and and I mean all of these controversial performers. Like we scratch our heads and we go, what the fuck are they doing? But they're clearing space. Yeah. They're they they they've taken on that kind of sacrificial duty of 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 breaking convention at their own expense for the sake of of benefiting other artists, I think. Yeah, it's like a smash and burn kind of thing. I see what you're saying. It, it's almost this revolutionary uh, idea approach to an art form like revolutionary in the sense that you're willing to, to, to burn the figurative symbol, uh, white house, whatever it is. And, and the context of the art here, uh, Hello, FBI. like you said, to clear the space, <laughs> I'm, I know I'm on watch list. I'm okay with it. I'm at peace with it, you know, but yeah, no, you're right. That's a good, that's a good thing. Do you think, uh, do you think that there, there, there's a revolution happening on Twitch? Sometimes to me, it feels like there is. Um, I think it's going to take one of one deep twitcher really breaking out mm -hmm. and like dragging everyone else in. Yeah. Cause I don't think we, like uncle Joe, just cracking got through the membrane, you know, yeah. uncle Joe just got partnered. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and he's, he's doing some pretty crazy shit. Shit. And I love uncle Joe for that, but there's no, there's none of us in this community. I think that have broken a thousand. Yeah. And I think it's going to take someone breaking a thousand. I'm breaking 50 or 60 and I'm already getting people who are like, I'd like to explore the space too. We always have my fucking plastic. It's not my space. Um, but like, if you can just imagine somebody like, like clone Corp, someone like artsy fartsy, like uncle James, like you, like me breaking through and getting out of the nine or 10 scrolls down, just chatting. Mm -hmm. 
that's what's going to be required to jumpstart a revolution. We aren't here yet. I yeah. think we are like, if we're talking revolution, like we're now, we're, we're just getting on the boat to go to like, to escape, you know, evangelical or, um, you know, uh, Angelican rule or what have you. Mm, yeah. Like we're just or now. Fidel Castro and Che Guevara meeting in jail for the first time. Yeah, we're yeah. we're deep into the origin story. Yeah, yeah, we're not not anywhere close. The rumblings are here, sure, and it feels like we're going somewhere. But I also try to be like, don't get fucking cocky because at any moment there could be a ceiling we don't know exists. That's true. You're right. You're right. A, a lot of partners who you think like partner is making it, I see partners left and right that are 100 viewers, and that's it. Mm-hmm. 150 viewers and that's it that's a lot and it is it's weird too because of course being not being uh in the in the 100 area myself i see someone at 100 i'm like that's a ton but then i realize in the grand context of twitch and entertainment it takes a lot more than 100 to be taken seriously by some of the big players so to speak which is you know maybe it is what it is you know it is what it is well like 100 100 is a lot but 100's not a movement it's it's a large community right that's well earned but it's not an entire category. It's not like true. You're right. You're right. So it's going to take one of us like just creating the space and just being like, you know, not conventional, not normal and just breaking through because right now we are dominated, dominated by person sits in front of camera, watches Gordon Ramsay's kitchen nightmares or, or watch you know, or, 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 or reacts or browses Reddit. Right. Yeah. And and just has you know a can has the 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 LED lighting behind them and they just sit like this mm. and they'll like it read every other message and I'm like that pisses me <laughs> off. That's what we were talking about stuff that pisses me off earlier. The stuff that really pisses me off. The other day I saw someone on the front page and their stream was just them watching Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. First of all, definitely not legal. <clears throat> Shitty from like a creative exploitation perspective, but also yeah. what the fuck, you know. I, I, yeah, but but that's that's the thing. When you see someone doing 800, 900, whatever and they and all they're doing is hitting go and browsing what's on what's on Reddit, no one else is going to take the time to do more. You're There's right. no incentive. You're right because the bar, no, the visible bar has not been raised yet, right? Yeah. 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 And and they and they they're, they're not wrong for doing it. People browse Reddit all the time. Why not fucking do it with the, with someone who can make them laugh? I mean, if it's gonna like, work for I you, get it. you're right. Yeah, I mean, I can't fault them because it is working for them. You can't blame humans for taking the path of least resistance. That's just human nature. Yeah, but like, if we're talking a movement, if we're talking like, you know, a tr we're nowhere even fucking near it. And 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 there could be just a ceiling that we're not aware of. There just could be a permanent like, you know, you your partner, yes. And you have 300 viewers, which is a lot, but you're never going to get more than that. Mm. Mm. This will always be like right on the edge of being more than just a hobby. You, you'll never have to push through it. And that's what keeps me awake, like more than anything, because there's any one of us could break out. What the fuck does breaking out even look like? Yeah, I don't think any of us have mainstream appeal. Maybe I not. Don't. Probably Joe not. doesn't. Yeah, like like could, could well, you watch you it? Think of could what you talk about what we talked about? Too. Yeah, could you talk about it with your your family at Thanksgiving? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. What, they wouldn't what, get it. They what, wouldn't get it. Young man, what's Twitch? Oh, it's me and my buddies talking about, you know, a guy who ripped apart bodies. <laughs> or it's me and my buddies watching, you know, a, a, a guy dance and, and roll marbles on the screen. Like, <laughs> they, 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 you know, it's already a nutso concept. They 
people watch other people play video games like that's already fucking bananas and pajamas right how the fuck are any of us mainstream so how does non where is the cap on non-mainstream content going to be and that's the exciting question because i think it's a i think it's a pretty fucking huge number I, I think, think if someone as toxic as like XQC or whatever his name is oh God. can have these thousands of people, there is a big fucking ceiling. But yeah. what the fuck is it going to be? What will one of us breaking out mean? Mm-hmm. How will that change the Twitch fabric? Wow. Because Twitch fabric has been defined by, and I'm going to just go ahead and fucking say it, lazy content, easy content. I agree. I agree. I say this a lot on stream, actually. It's easy to green light. It's easy to green light someone like Pokemon who puts a lot of work into her stream, but it's not like none of it is 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 pushing huge fucking boundaries or changing anything. It's a friendly conversationalist having a friendly conversation. There's there's nothing corporately dangerous about that. Mm-mm. There's nothing risky about that at all. Fucking, I'm surprised Pay Money Wubby's still here. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know what his deal is exactly. I just know that he's one of the big fellas. Well, like he—he's a you know big YouTube guy, right? Okay. And he's—he's right. he's, he, he, um his producer actually rated us, but I'm just just based on like he—he's—he's he's a boundary pusher. He's a boundary pusher when it comes to conversation in particular. Um, oh. And he, he's kind of like he's kind of like dank. He's kind of like the subreddit dank memes became maybe became in this a like iDubs kind of category, filthy Frank, where that kind of part of the internet yep. lives. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And the, and the, he's converted it to, to Twitch. Okay. Right. He converted it okay. to a, to a healthy Twitch presence. I'm surprised that's still here. Yeah. I, that, I'm not that there's an audience. I'm surprised Twitch moderation has allowed that to be here. Yeah. Well, they but, let, they let a lot of stuff slide. Apparently, I <laughs> disappoint. I am frequently disappointed by it. Uh, well, and that's the thing. We we you know it at today's. Oh, they're being too lenient. Is it going to be? Please be lenient on me if one of us breaks out. So I'm not going right. to bitch and complain about it too much. Yeah, <laughs> like, me neither. I, at the end of the day, too, I also know that it's so much more complicated. Like a lot of people, it's it kind of the same thing when people yell at a video game developer for not fixing a game. It's like it's a lot of work to fix a game at all. You know, to roll out a patch. And like these developers work like insane work weeks and still do their best and still it's not perfect because it's never going to be perfect. And so people will scream yeah. at game devs and it always makes me sad because I know how hard the game devs work. <laughs> But it's, I feel like it's the same way with Twitch. It's, it's Twitch is realistically, I can't imagine it's this massive, massive team. I don't, I don't know how big it is, but it's not massive. And they're, they're, I, th- I really do believe they're doing their best. I don't think anyone at Twitch is just sitting on their ass and being like, yeah, let's just let this run themselves. I think they're trying to dress it in the way that works the best. And so I generally have faith in them. And I do actually generally believe in a lot of what Twitch does. They, they do seem to care. They're con- constantly rolling out nice quality of life improvements from my perspective, way better than any of the other live stream platforms. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at Facebook gaming, they don't, they haven't, they haven't touched anything other than making it a thing. Kind of the same with YouTube. They made YouTube live a thing and then they kind of just were like, okay, it exists. And, and Mixer's the kind of, I, I thought Mixer was going to really shake them and make them be better. It hasn't. They dropped the it ball. I think they had, I think they had the ability to really shake it up and then they, they just let it slide between their fingers. Yeah. They had the attention. What, I, they had the, the eyes on them when they picked up Ninja, Gathalion, Shroud, et cetera. And then they yeah. just didn't do anything with it. I, I think you're absolutely right. I don't know what the corporate story is, but somebody dropped the ball somewhere, and I'm not like 100% sure where it is. I, like, I, I just get the idea that Twitch could be so much more. Sure. And they just, they just haven't fucking realized it. There's no investment yeah. in... I feel like if Twitch did tw- Twitch originals mm. or like found people and like partnered with them, 
that would like not partner like partners right those we're going we're going to take less of your money and we're going to call it partnership like i just see stuff that like this con this this could evolve into like a respected platform like a right. powerhouse platform oh yeah oh yeah but we're just we're just it, but all that's happening right now is lowest common denominator easiest path of least resistance content yeah and it's just frustrating it is um but you know listen i'm also the one putting putting together fucking long form content on a short form platform so who am i to be fucking talking um you know yeah. it's not like i have the correct answers either yeah. <laughs> it's not like i'm doing the correct thing the strategically correct or impactful thing so you know who knows? I always think about this idea of cracking through the membrane. You mentioned it's going to take someone coming out and just really like breaking through, break on through to the other side, as Jim Morrison would say, uh, cracking yeah. through the membrane. It takes that a lot of times to make something new happen. I think Jimi Hendrix cracked through the membrane with his guitar. You know, you see artists do it throughout history uh, and occasionally. And there's always there's always a grassroots movement behind it, even with um, the British invasion of rock and roll. The Beatles and the Stones, you know, are the big names, but there's tons of other bands that all created the scene as well. Uh, and so I think about cracking through the membrane and what it's going to take. And I think what you, what you say about Twitch is, is exactly correct. I think most of the Twitch users and Twitch as a platform themselves are not aware of the potential the platform has. Honestly, I really do believe that because they haven't seen it in most cases. They haven't seen it done on Twitch yet, but I think yeah. it has insane potential and I honestly think, well, I think what it takes to maybe bring it around is for someone on Twitch to have success on an established network, not YouTube. Like uh, maybe they have a television show that they successfully get on like Hulu or Netflix or fucking, I don't know, Adult Swim. Someone like one of the networks that's willing to take risks because they're going to have to take a risk. And then that audience realizing that this came from Twitch. And so then you yeah. plug into this main vein. I, I can see that like but but what the fuck i think nfl would have been a huge like any sports with mm. live commentary is the is is in my opinion the, the path of least resistance any yeah. live event is the path of least resistance yeah. because like i, I could see that go like making success in hulu but hulu is all scripted content right yeah and i could tell you we've done scripted content on this platform there is a very niche appetite for it oh yeah it's as simple as that like this is this is a hop in hop out platform it always has been always will be uh -huh. um you know it's why they put ads upon entry because it's hop in hop out yeah uh, and that's that's your capture point so i i i personally feel like if they if they could sign nfl got like one or two like twitch got like thursday night games mm -hmm. and people could comment i feel like if if they could offer like 80 all major sporting events all major events dude or even like director release movies, you go watch them with the audience. Might be kind of fucking cool. I saw Kevin Smith did that with the new uh, Jay and Silent Bob movie, which was you know, obviously that's kind of a cult movie, but it was cool to see it. You know, him and Jason Mewes yeah. did aired the video on Twitch or the movie on Twitch, and then did a whole Q and A with chat. And I was like, this is you know this yeah, like you said, if more of that was happening, you're right. It brings more eyes and more attention to the platform, and taps into an audience that already exists. Because because we don't want fucking what what they're doing out in the entertainment here like we no, don't want the normies no, here we no. just need more people we just need like in my opinion like sushi dragon's a big example mm. kid boga raids sushi dragon sushi dragon is doing cutting edge shit right yeah, he's absolutely. doing you know, and he and he does content where it's you know uncle joe does a lot of dancing does a lot of like you know, back and forth with and a lot of really technically impressive stuff sushi dragon is the same thing Mm -hmm. What I think it was was the turn of the coin is Kit Boga raids him, right? 
Sushi Dragon's been cutting it out on his own for a long time. Yeah. And there's no one doing what he's doing. And he's been struggling and hustling and hustling and hustling. When he gets pulled up, there is no one else innovative to pull up with him. Right. He was in Deep Twitch, but not of Deep Twitch. Yeah, right? Like, you're right, you're right. So oh, I, wow. think, I, I think the kind of damning point becomes he, he's pulled up and he represents a, a, a change, but change would have happened much faster if he had other allies that were doing weirder shit to bring along with him. Yeah. And perhaps he is, but I see him on the front page all the time and he's a poster boy. And it's going to take someone being pulled up like that, like a huge fucking raid, just to change the conversation completely yeah. and to bring friends with them. So that way you have a whole block of, of fucking content, a whole block of people that are all like, like, hey, you guys like me, all you know, however many thousand. Wait, you see my fucking buddy over here. Yeah. He's doing crazy. Like, but I, I just feel like it's not happening. I yeah. feel like his, his is like this, this make a wish foundation story where he was doing absolutely incredible stuff. He was recognized for it. And now he does absolutely incredible stuff, but he does it largely what I, in my opinion alone. Yeah. Now we networks with other partners, but there was no one here in the underbelly to bring up. I didn't fucking know him. I'm not, you know, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't have pulled up me, but I was, I would have expected him like taking somebody else for the ride too. That's true. To change the meta. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you're going to see like, like, um, that there's that Mary's milk monsters, the girl at the goat farm, right? Mm. She's got like, she's come from like a hundred to 400, right? And she just does a live stream on her, on her farm. That's oh, it. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to see more of that. That's I'm, cool, I'm expecting yeah. to see, like, but, but it's, it, it, but she doesn't have anyone that does anything else like she does. So there, there's all of these people who are one offs who are getting elevated and they don't change the culture. They're just like small gems on a larger crown. Mm -hmm. It's going to take someone getting pulled up who has a whole bunch of friends that do similar shit. Like a network of nephews or something. Like a net, like a network of nephews. <laughs> wow! Imagine that. But no, you're right. You're right. I think about this all the time. I think about this all the time. The strategic assault of the establishment, um, in this case, Twitch, the Twitch establishment. And I've no. read strategy books for years. I've always been a strategy nerd. Initially, I got into strategy because I played Magic the Gathering, and I wanted to bring war strategy into Magic the Gathering. But then. God, you were a blue player, weren't you? Uh, no, I, I would. I would play the meta. I was a spike. I would play whatever the best deck was. I had no I loyalties. You, I was a loose mercenary. Just a violent. I fucking love you for that. <laughs> and dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> everyone hated R, it. R, I R forward slash spikes, baby. Yeah, exactly. I've read it on on, <laughs> on the platform. I feel you. You get it. You get you. it. Well, I, I, uh, I'm kind of approaching the end of the podcast here, and I'm sure you have some work to do as well. So, uh, figure I we'll wrap it up. Where can people find the Harry Horror Show? What, what are you up to? Where would you like people to go? Yeah, so uh, I'm active on Twitter quite a bit. All of, my, all of my stuff is pretty easy to find. Just forward slash the Harry Horror Show. Not Harry Horror Show, the Harry Horror Show. Um, and, and we're on Twitch. I stream Sunday through Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talk, talking some sort of crime story, exploring some sort of conspiracy theory, diving into some sort of paranormal or esoteric topic. Right. Um, and and the, what's helpful with that is that, you know, there's always brand new content coming out in the terms of like, it's never going to be, you're going to, you know what to expect when you come in, mm -hmm. but it's always going to be something different. So I have Twitter that I'm active on and Instagram I'm active on, and I'll post schedules ahead of time of what we're going to be talking about. So if you don't like one topic, 
you can skip it. If you are interested in another topic, you can drop on by and, and, and put your piece in. Um, I also do a lot of my research with my, with my community. So if uh, you want to come uh, drop some links of, of shit that you think I should take a look at, come hang on the Discord. But uh, yeah, just twitch.tv slash uh, the Harry Horror Show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I'll make sure to put your links in the bio, but thank you so much for coming on. Uh, much love. I appreciate you. Thanks right. for having me, my guy. And I love the shit out of you. I love you all. Thank you, listeners. Uh, make sure you're kind to your ears. Don't listen to the podcast at max volume. You only get two <laughs> ears in your entire lifetime. Um, get some rest. Hydrate. Goodbye. <laughs>